This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. of October is here and before we can get really giddy with excitement over the EFL trophy clash with Reading next week we must overcome the tedium of League 2 fixtures against Bradford City on Saturday and the focus of this particular episode of the presser the away day at Notts County and here to discuss is Joe hello Joe Hello, Rich. Yes, this is the time where we we both lose our lives to having to record podcasts and all the rest of it, but wouldn't have it any other way. No, no, we wouldn't. Possibly would. Would we? I don't know. Well, here we are, early October, nine games into the League Two campaign without a loss, lovely, and also unbeaten over 90 minutes in all competitions. Let's, Let's not talk about penalty shootouts this is fun isn't it joe it's not bad this whole not losing lark i mean you know it's even for me it's been tough to get too negative i mean not the best performance at the weekend but showed a bit of grit and determination to get the point so you know and set up this massive top of the table clash on this Tuesday evening, so it's it's not bad so far. It's not bad at all. It's all very exciting because if Town beat Notts County, then Town go top with a game in hand. But the only team that can prevent that from happening if Town were to win is Scott Lindsay's Crawley, which is incredible stuff. Such a weird situation, especially with, you no, know, I think that they 
they lost to Gillingham right before they played us as well, right? And I, I think, you know, when when they beat them 6-0, I was like, okay, nice start from Corley, but that's probably them done now. But unbelievable resurgence and they're they're absolutely flying with a we're a team that absolutely should not be doing that. No, no. Well, fair play to them. We've we <laughs> we've stuck the boot in plenty of times over the calendar year, but Scott Lindsay has done a splendid job and I don't mind that at all as long as they come to Swindon and lose 6-0. I don't I don't mind that at all. <laughs> yeah, it's good that they respect their roots from on that basis. Give us the nice three points and the confidence boost and move back to doing what they were doing. So before we crack on, Swindon Town secured three lovely points against Grimsby last weekend. It wasn't the best performance in the world, but it won't be the worst either this season. A win is a win and all that. And that's what everyone's saying. But there were a few signs of fatigue beginning to kick in a wee bit in the latter stages of that victory. How did you find it, Joe? Yeah, I think that's right. I think you can kind of put in that performance when you have the credit in the bank already that this team kind of amassed over the start of the season. There was, I think, maybe Michael Flynn was building up a little bit too much when he's been speaking about you know, this amazing football that we played at times. Um, I think there was some reasonable stuff in the first half, but generally speaking, they just didn't really hit the heights that they have done so far this season. But, you know, you're going to score two lovely goals, Dan Kemp inspired, and then, you know, hold on and and uh, get the three points anyway, then we're definitely not going to be complaining about it. No, not at all. It felt like a return to standard League Two type football, which is perhaps implies that it was a lot worse than it actually was, but it wasn't a 5-5, 6-0 or 5-3. OK, well, let's discuss the latest presser with Michael Flynn, who was fielding questions from yourself, and also, of course, Andrew Hawes of BBC Radio Wiltshire. There was no player interview for this one. What were Flynn's final thoughts on that win against Grimsby last weekend? Yeah, again, he, I mean, doesn't tend to recount what he says after the match and, and pretty much says a fairly similar line. And I think if you looked back at the post-match, uh, it would be almost exactly the same words. But he was, um, I think he, he may have even said that on, on watching the game back on the Sunday that if there were parts that were even better to him. He's he's talked about a lot of the some of the good football he saw from the team at, at times, and then also that grit and determination, which was which is the most pleasing part of that performance. I think pretty much all round to, to get that get them over the line, especially after uh, having a couple of games this season when that hasn't been the case. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. It wasn't a stinker, but that usually consistent, exhilarating attack lacked the fluidity that has been so present at home since the season started. We were still the better side, though, and deserved the three points. So so who cares? Exactly, yeah. I think I think we we're always going to see that tail off a little bit sooner rather than later. And, you know, maybe if you look at the last couple of results, you know, they've not hit five for a couple of matches now, which which is uh, cl- clearly shows a massive regression in this team. So, you know, the f- football isn't maybe quite as blistering, but it's it's still pretty good. Uh, when you compare it to last season and, and you're also getting the results at the same time, which is is the most important part of it. Absolutely. Well, let's move on from Grimsby. How are we looking on the old injury front? Yeah, well, it was good news for George McEachran, who had food poisoning during the, um, uh, well, ahead of the, um, <laughs> ahead of the game at the weekend against Grimsby. 
Um, which, given that on Friday we talked with Chet Young about the food that he was going to be cooking, was was quite an interesting one. Um, but he's he was back in today and training again, so he'll be fine and ready to go. Tom Clayton, um, I think Andrew, I believe it was Andrew who told me that I, I had seen him doing a bit of running before the Grimsby game. But apparently, he was running for about an hour on the pitch prior to prior to the game on Saturday, and he's continuing to ramp up his recovery, but. They're still looking more towards Newport in terms of when he will he will come back into play. Uh, ben Ward is going to have a scan later in the week. They don't. They uh, his uh, not great season is continuing. Really, I think they said they're trying to see if he has a hernia or not, which you know, is is really not good news for him because you know, he's just not been allowed to settle in this loan spell so far. So he's. Not going to be involved again, and then obviously Reese Devine remains on the long-term injured list. Joe, I know it's only early October, and we need the bodies, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to predict that Ben Ward is done. I think I go along with that. To be honest, it's it's looking very damn Ballard territory in terms of uh, the fact that these lone defenders just never going to get on the pitch. Really, uh, you know, he, he had a couple of chances early on, but. Uh, it's not looking good for him and particularly not good for Swindon's defensive depth because uh, the only reason they had really any depth was because they had Ben Ward in the side. So losing him and you've just got Harrison Minturn covering back there, it's not a brilliant position to be in. No, no. And of course, when I say he's done, I'm referring to his town loan career and nothing beyond that. Yeah, I, I think that was that was clear. But he's, yeah, it'll, he's probably going to be a January recall in the sort of Alex Gilbert mould where it didn't work out for, for various reasons and the injuries just not helping and Burnley will take him back and see what they can do with him next summer, most likely. Well, hopefully it's not too bad and we wish him well as he recovers from whatever injury it proves to be and maybe we'll see him back in the town set up in the near future. Let's talk about Notts County then, who currently sit in top position. They are first. This is arguably their first big test of the season as every team Notts County have played thus far are currently lower than 11th in League Two. Obvious links to Swindon Town are Matty Palmer, John Bostock and Will Randall. Uh, They have a loanee called Lewis Macari who is the grandson of our very own Luigi Macari but he hasn't been playing that much. Their management team is of course, Luke Williams and Ryan Harley. Uh, a, not a great Swindon career, but it is a link nonetheless. And they've had a pretty decent season so far. They are top. They had a horrible opening day, a proper flip reverse, because they lost 5-1 at Sutton. Of course, they went down to 10 men. I'm saying, of course, a lot at the moment. I do apologise. And then they went on a great run being unbeaten until last weekend. Ben Garner's Colchester United, where they lost 5-4. 5-4. Lovely stuff. These results are fantastic, aren't they? So they've scored and conceded eight goals in their last two games. The the game prior to the loss at Colchester was a 4-3 home win against Forest Green Rovers. Um, they have plenty of names that you might have heard of. The big players, of course, uh, the forward line of Macaulay Langstaff, who got himself a brace against Colchester and the veteran David McGoldrick. It's a big game 
And I think it's one that many Swindon fans have had their eyes on since the early stages of the season. This is the first big test. I know we played Wrexham, but that fixture was far too early into the season for it to feel like a big game. So to see how this side does against Notts County could be a great indicator of what this side is capable in terms of a serious promotion push over the entire season. Yeah, I, I think when we were, even when the fixes were initially released, we maybe didn't think Swindon would be as good as they have been. You know, you're always looking towards October in particular because of how many tough games are going to be in this month for town. And Notts County being very much the first that we everyone kind of knew they would be they would be very good. Maybe not this good straight away, but they were always one of the favourites for the division. And boy, is it a big test of the metal, as you as you say, the number of goals they scored. I looked it up earlier and been 82 goals in Swindon and Notts County games so far this season, which is pretty incredible after just 10 games apiece. Yeah, and we've both had one nil-nil draw amongst all that crazy. We had our one at Doncaster and they had theirs at Morecambe. It, it was Dan in the LS Pod WhatsApp group who shared the stat about Notts County's opposition, who are all currently placed outside of the top 10. I, I'm not sure we can read too much into it, but I found it a really interesting stat all the same. It's definitely interesting. I think, you know, when you look at it, it's all about how these things shake out necessarily. You know, they, they played MK Dons and when they played MK Dons, I think they were third and they've slipped down afterwards. So it's not like they've played no one. I think the table's just still shaking out more than anything. But it is very much an interesting stick that you could potentially beat them with and, until this game because we'll see how they how they turn up against a, a, a fellow top side like ourselves. It feels good to be able to say that for once. And before I forget, a spectacular turnout expected by the town fans for a Tuesday night. Yeah, 700 away fans. Um, Michael Flynn spoke on, on a couple of occasions during this press conference about you know, the atmosphere and the crowd that's going to be at this game. It really feels like it's going to be quite an electric one. Um, you know, I think if there have been some quicker planning, Sky Sports probably should have been on this game because I think I think it could be a real cracker. Indeed. Well, I usually host a virtual get-together, a watch-along for the Patreon members of LS Pod for midweek away days that I can't make, which is most of them. But given how rotten our form is when I do these watch-alongs, I was politely advised by the Patreon users to just hold off from having a get-together until Reading next week. (laughs) Football fans are a superstitious bunch, but I do not blame them at all, given this run. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's it's best for yourself that you don't make yourself the straw man if if, if by giving it the potential of that happening of the Notts County game and you know and giving yourself up for that is is a shows your commitment, Rich, and I think everyone in the Swindon fraternity thanks you for it. Yeah, I would have I would have just blamed you anyway. What with your obsession with digging out negatives this season, <laughs> and, and I think that's fair enough. Everyone else digs me out for for that, so I, I think you know you're just adding to the queue. So I, I, I don't mind too much. Hi, Rich. Just a reminder to let you know I'm on Points West again tonight, so make sure you tune in. Oh, no. Here I am holidaying in Europe, and I'm going to miss Dan's latest appearance talking about another deep-side town performance on the television. Unless... 
Haha, <laughs> of course, I can use my NordVPN subscription. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. So I'll never miss another Points West with Dan ever again. Huzzah! NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. So to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash strangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the podcast along the way the link is in the podcast episode description box lovely stuff hi ls pod fans it's jr here enthusiastic contributor and former swindon mcdonald's employee farewell outlet village one time i got to serve the then swindon manager roy evans yes i know what you're wondering big mac with medium fries and admittedly why roy may have regretted some choices at sm1 well you can't go wrong with the classics and you can't go wrong with muck delivery where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me your favorites can come to you order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi this is jan fjortoft and welcome and i'm on loath strangers but it's so hard for norwegian love strangers Okay, back to the game against Notts County. So what did Michael Flynn have to say about their Tuesday night opponents? Um, I think a fair amount of reverence was shown for this team, as I think you would expect. He was uh, immediately pointed straight to John Bostock, who, of course, uh, we know a little bit about. Swindon, also um, Crowley in midfield. He said he was a big fan of the the forwards. Uh, He specifically points out McGoldrick first. I think he later came to Macaulay Langstaff, but wasn't. He wasn't in the first round of players that he thought were good from Notts County. Um, but yeah, he said, obviously, they were stars alongside Wrexham in the National League last season, which I think everyone everyone vividly remembers that particular title race um, and the way they were so good so good that season, getting over 100 points. So, you know, I think it wasn't at all a surprise to him that Notts County have come up and, and you know, taken it, taken to League Two like a duck to water once again, because you definitely see it coming. Yeah, it's been 10 years since John Bostock played for Swindon. He was considered very much a hot prospect at that point in his career, but it didn't really pan out as many expected. But he still had a very decent career, mostly playing outside of the UK after Swindon. He played for Toronto, Royal Antwerp, Leuven. Lons, Bassaspor, Toulouse, and then back in England with Nottingham Forest, Doncaster Rovers, and now Notts County. Even in my very early years, Joe, I never really wanted to be a professional footballer, but if I did, then I'd be travelling Europe or the world, much like Bostock has throughout his career. And as a side, I've really enjoyed the recent rise of British footballers giving it a go overseas. Yeah, I'm right with you there. I think just that list of clubs from John Bostock sounds a lot more exciting than if he'd played for, you know, MK Dons, Tranmere, uh, and just, and you know, Walsall, and just had a sort of journeyman lower leagues career, just going all over, playing for random teams for a li- little while. It just makes it more exciting. And, you know, a few holiday destinations along the way, you know, see if you can get a move to UDIB for or something. 
um, it, it feels like a much better way to be a professional footballer if you couldn't just sort of be a, a one-club man at Swindon, perhaps. I don't need to remind listeners that I love the northeast of England, but I remember Joe Hart years ago having the option to go out on loan to either Sunderland or going to Turin to play for Torino. Hmm, <laughs> a toughie. I can't imagine there are too many scenarios when Sunderland and, Tur- and Turin are being compared against each other in for for someone's affections, but I feel like Joe Hart chose correctly on that one. I think so, yeah. (laughs) Moving back to Notts County then, a question about style. So what is Luke Williams's style? Is it what we saw at Swindon? Is it close to what we saw at Swindon, which was very much a great idea, but he didn't have the tools to execute it? Yeah, I I think... I always go back to the bop. It it is very much what you remember, but he's gone away and now it and you know he's done it better. Um, I, I I will probably tweet this out at some point tomorrow. But there's a there's a graph on Opta that shows just how possession heavy Notts County are compared to everyone in the league. But um, so you know, for those that remember Luke Williams football and haven't been able to get over those particular nightmares, um, you will be familiar with what this is. But uh, it's it's not the same beast in terms of the people who are actually carrying it out but the interesting part that i thought from michael flynn was that he said uh 47 of their goal kicks go long which given that they don't also don't have the tallest of strike forces is quite you would think antithetical to the way that they are generally trying to play you know they're the the only team with more average possession than swindon but they aren't playing out from the back um certainly from their goal kick situations uh, he, he definitely wanted to point out that they go long there and, and Swindon play short a lot more often. Oh, I was desperate for Luke Williams to be a success at Swindon because of that wonderful reputation he had as a coach whilst he was working under Mark Cooper. I know that their relationship was rumoured to not be red hot, but the players absolutely adored him largely and all the players from that era that I've spoken to over the years have had nothing but great things to say about Luke Williams. And I think it's pretty well documented that Williams didn't want the Swindon head coach job uh, after Martin Ling's sudden and unfortunate exit. Williams probably felt duty-bound having rejected the opportunity previously, but it, it wasn't to be. Boy, it wasn't to be. I was looking at his... Uh, his stats as a head coach slash manager, his Swindon record was 75 games managed, 20 wins, 22 draws and 33 losses. But in Notts County, 63 games, 40 wins, 15 draws and 8 losses. It's going very well for Williams at Notts County, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that he knew that he wasn't ready at the time and he, he didn't want it, as, as you correctly said. I definitely remember him having turned it down and Lee Power trying to force it on him anyway. Um, he's he's clearly a very talented coach, um, but you know, I, 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 I will never personally be able to get over the whole three draws as a win stuff, but that's just me. And uh, of course, I, I did name a radio show after that, so... I, I, it's not. I don't maybe think about it as negative as I did at the time, but I, I personally will never be able to take him seriously. Oh, I used to listen to Three Points is a win quite often, 
and always enjoyed it, Joe. Well, thank you very much. And it got me on Al's pod for the first time, as I recall. Certainly did. Certainly did. Now, I know we had the Wrexham game, who are the darlings of League Two. Everybody is talking about them. Fair enough. But for me, this game feels bigger. And Michael Flynn was asked about this game being a challenge. What did he have to say here? Yeah, he seemed really, really up for this This as a spectacle. Um, he said, no, as a, as a player, this was the type of game he, you know, always desperately wanted to be involved in this big top of the table clash. A um, bit of bit of shade thrown at um, at League Two and not in the way that it was on Friday. Um, he, he was talking about, you know, you want to play in, in proper stadiums like at Notts County and front of a, a proper crowd and a proper atmosphere and a, a big you know, top of the table clash obviously under the lights always helps as well um I, I think he's he's really excited he said he expects Luke will be as well Luke Williams um who uh we learned that he he knows a little bit they're not necessarily like great friends or anything but um I, I think he he definitely seems to be very excited to get involved in this kind of game because uh, he's, he's as, as well as he did at Newport Having been at Warsaw as well, it's probably not been in a game that will be as big as this one in a league match before. Oh, what I wouldn't give for a League One fixture at Burton or Fleetwood this season. But I get his point, and it is a nice break from those itty bitty venues. It's it's proper arrogance, but est quod est, Joe. Yeah, I mean, as, as you say, I'd, I'd definitely off, be off to the Pirelli for when we're back in League One again, but. You know, we're, we're, we've been at this level for too long to probably still have that arrogance, I think. <laughs> Never. A question about being an underdog was discussed. Surely not. Yeah, he was He was not buying this one. I think um, uh, Andrew was possibly trying to re- read the leaves on this question away. I definitely wouldn't be a, have been allowed to in a press conference. But um, uh, he was he was uh, he was definitely not buying that they they weren't that we that we were the underdog um i think you, know, you compare the records Notts county 100 percent at home this season all wins for them and then obviously swindon undefeated as as we all know very well um but maybe going into the into this into the season you'd have looked at swindon playing away at Notts county and would have seen us as being the underdogs looking at uh, the odds makers and, and stuff like that but i think at this point you kind of have to throw that one in throw that one away he was he was absolutely not not seeing Swindon as an underdog and they're going to try and go to this game and and assert themselves on Nuts County as much as they can. Joe, back in 2019, Swindon hammered the final nail in Notts County's long, proud, continuous football league stay. Do you think Notts County fans will be champing at the bit to beat Swindon for that reason alone? Not because they hate town, but it would for me anyway, symbolically eradicate that short spell that they had in non-league if they could if they could beat a team like Swindon. It's got absolutely nothing to do with, with what happens on the pitch. It's just that a mentality thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, I know if it, if it was the other way around, I would absolutely be looking at this one and thinking, all right, let, let a bit of payback this time. Because you know, it's not only that one, Swindon's record generally against Notts County of late has been very good. Five wins in the last six, won the last three. Obviously, Notts County were on the wane when when Swindon were doing that. But, you know, it, if in the way that I'll always look at, I think, you know, if we look at the next time we play Port Vale, what a huge game that was, that one's going to be um, on our end. You know, if, if someone had relegated us 
in, in the way that we relegated Notts County and sort of banished them to the, the wastelands of the National League, then, you know, <laughs> absolutely desperate to get three points the next time you play them. <laughs> Can you remember who played for town when we relegated Notts County? Oof, um, Some great names are in there. Is that the game where Jordan Edwards played? Nope, Edwards didn't play. That's the year before then, I think. I remember. I, I know there was Fear Robinson and Kane Woolery with the goals. Yep. Um, uh, presumably Luke McCormick in goal. Luke McCormick was in um, goal, yes. Oof. I'm trying to think, think back, that was, that was not... I'll put you out of your misery. So it was Luke McCormick in goal, a back four of Ali Koike, Dion Conroy, Tom Broadbent and Kyle Noyle. Canice, 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 Carroll and Michael Doughty in midfield. On the wings was Kane Woolery and Kyle Bennett with Keshi Anderson just behind Theo Robinson. There would be an appearance for Cam McGilp, uh, a final appearance of his career for Matt Taylor and a debut in injury time for Taylor Curran. What a day for all concerned. To be honest, that seems better than I would have I would have projected it as being. There's quite a few players in there who I think are actually quite decent. I always wish we got Carl Bennett back that summer. He was so good that season. Well, we couldn't afford him. Some things never change. Four years ago, goodness me, time she flies. Given the amount of goals these sides are scoring, it's hard to not envisage a game with lots of goals in. But we'll get to predictions a bit later on. Michael Flynn was asked about what he needed to do in order to beat Luke Williams' side. And he stated the obvious from the very off. Yeah, it was it was slightly Lampardian, I think it'd be fair to say, uh, in terms of, obviously, what he went straight to score more goals than them. Um, uh, straight off, he, you know, he, and then it was just kind of the, not necessarily, the kind of intangible stuff as a, oh, well, we need to make sure we get to the second balls and we're competing harder than them and all that stuff. So, uh for obvious reasons, not giving away his, his game plan in a pre-match press conference, but uh, I, I don't think there was much to be learned particularly about what his approach intends to be because I did try and get that out again in, in my section and, and he wasn't forthcoming that time either. Well, he's consistent, if nothing else. Got to give it a go, just in case. He, he might he might slip the marks for one day. You mentioned your question, so I think it's a good time to enter the Joe zone, shall we? Let's do so. Yeah, um, Michael, with it being quite such a quick turnaround to such a huge game, is there an element of you, you would have wanted the full week or is it maybe you don't have a chance to ever think a big game like this because it's a quick turnaround? No, it's, listen, it's neither here or there because it's exactly the same for Notts County. Um, OK, they're at home, but they had a long trip on, on Saturday, Colchester. Look, it's, it's the, the rigours of league... You know, the league football, 46 games crammed in, set, well, eight, seven games crammed in this month. So, um, yeah, we just got to be, hopefully we come through this month with limited injuries. Yeah, and then obviously, Andrew touched on it, but the kind of possession level, you know, Notts County kind of the only team that keep the ball even more than you do. So how much of this game is trying to assert yourselves on it early and make sure that you can play more of your own style than, than they can? I think our styles are different. Um, albeit we keep possession, you know, ours, I'd say, is a little bit more dynamic than this. But look, how teams play, it's not, not nothing to do with me. You know, whether they just 
want to have a thousand passes side to side that's up to them or one long ball into their striker that's up to them it doesn't bother me I'm not one of these who who goes on about people's people's styles there's no divine right or given right you've got to play this way to win a football match we play the way we do because it suits us the best and you know our, we want to give our fans some attacking football and exciting football whoever I would say is the best in possession are going to have a more of a foothold in the game tomorrow but again that doesn't always mean you're going to win the football match I think you look at Wolves against Man City on the weekend I think Wolves I think they had 23% or 24% three shots one on target Man City had 23 shots and lost 2-1 so uh, yeah it's, uh, it's a difficult one to work out that one Ah, the joys of audio and Zoom and all that jazz. It could have been worse. It could have been the other way around. You heard Michael Flynn perfectly okay. But you asked questions about the three-day turnaround and how he will approach the game. You gave it a good go, Joe. Yeah, well, it's, you know, when when you're playing a side that are as possession heavy as Notts County and Swindon want to be keeping the ball as well. I was kind of thinking if there was going to be anything to glean from his, from his attitude, but um, he kind of went down the, the style route again and said that you know, he doesn't think the teams are too similar. Um, it wasn't really what I was asking, but he was, uh, I'm not sure he minds too much about what I ask these days. So <laughs> have you rebuilt relationships with Michael Flynn? Not unspoken way. I think kind of just a general understanding of moving on, really. But I still like to make jokes about it because that's kind of the person I am. I'm very annoying like that, which is probably why he was annoyed with me in the first place. So October is busier with some tough games to look forward to. We've got Notts County, then Bradford away, Reading away in the Cup, Newport at home, Salford away, Ginningham in midweek at home. Then the month ends with... MK Dons away. I believe there's a FA Cup weekend after that before we welcome Stockport to the county ground in November. So, yeah, it, it's a tough month with with a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, just reading off the names, it definitely sounds like a bit of a murderer's row uh, in terms of the teams in, in this league. <laughs> um I've, 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 you know, uh, Michael Flynn was talking about. It. I think he's already said that he, he intends to re- rest the team against Reading. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to go uh, too well for the expectant travelling fans. What ready for the derby? You might just have to pick a fight instead, probably. But um, you know, he, he was already talking about bringing up the academy kids uh, for Bradford because Jake Young was won't be available. Something which he interestingly didn't do against Grimsby when they were a player short on the bench. Um, I don't know if that was just to do with maybe the late notice of George McEachern and the players playing in the under 18s, but um, they they were a player short for that for that particular game. Um, so I, I think he's he's clearly. I think we've asked him a couple of times leading into the month. Well, were you ready for this month? So I think he's he's definitely had some pre warning and is is prepared for it. But you know, when when the squad is as as threadbare as this one, you can probably do all the preparation you like. It might not even matter based on how things may or may not go. 
Yeah. After our own mini lasagna gate, I imagine that it was simply short notice to draft in an adequate under 18, given that they had their own game on Saturday morning against Cheltenham. I'm sure we'll see someone like Josh Keyes or Jackson Brown on the bench for Bradford, which is a great experience for them, even if they don't get on. Um, Also, (laughs) perhaps the excitement of a competitive fixture against our old pals Reading, given the amount of town fans who are going to that game, might wane a wee bit once they see the lineup at 6pm, given that we don't want to risk anyone, which is completely the right thing. And uh, Reading taking this competition unnecessarily seriously, given that they pumped Exeter 9-0 in the last round of fixtures. If they played too much like they did against the Arsenal under 21s, the 9-0 is definitely not out of the question, depending on the side that Reading end up playing. We'll see, we'll see. Well, we're almost done. Uh, a nice quick pod, but the inevitable transfer questions did emerge. The window never firmly shuts at Swindon Town. We are low on players doesn't matter how positive or negative a fan you are that is simply a fact it's acknowledged by everyone there have been trialists in the building um, but listening to Michael Flynn Joe I, I still get the feeling that we'll only sign players if it's absolutely necessary yeah I, I definitely think the same um you know he's, he's going to get keep getting asked about about the free agents because they've kind of brought that situation on themselves by by the answers they're given earlier on. So we're always going to be looking for updates, but it always feels like the decision on these trials is getting pushed back by a few days and then pushed back by a few days. So I think they're they're probably, they're trying to keep their options open for as long as they can, but I'm not sure there's any real desperation to bring either of the two trialists in on a permanent basis, to be honest. And that's not to say that signings won't be made. There's no weird ITK here but we've had trialists and we've had players rumored but we'd have signed them by now if if Flynn was suitably impressed yeah absolutely they they you know he always talks about being prepared to wait wait for the right player and the right character and and not just selling someone because you feel like you have to and you know when you're saying that thing those kind of things whilst a player is actively in the, in the building although they they weren't there today because they were just doing match prep um you know, then, then if if I don't don't know if they that those players would listen to the press conferences, but you, know, you, you suspect that there's no real desperation because they they aren't sure or you know they think maybe this player could do a job, but if we don't have to, then we then we won't. Indeed. Well, last week you made the cowardly scoreline prediction, and of course. Obviously, it came through a 2-1 win. I went through 3-1 and was cruelly denied, thanks to the referee not punishing the shirt pull on Rashan Hepburn-Murphy. Anyway, I'm over that. What are you going for this week? Well, we, we've we talked all about the goals, haven't we? So we may, may as well predict them whilst we've got that opportunity. I'm going to say 3-2 to Notts County. Any other season, I'd probably go for nil-nil, given all the hype around the potential goal fest. Um, but I'm going for 2-2. I'm not writing Swindon off at all. I'm really excited for this game. I think there's goals from with, with both sides. If it clicks and we get our fair share of the ball, then it could be a great night. But we do give the opposition chances and they have players more so than some of our most recent opposition who should be able to finish them 
I am worried by Macaulay Langstaff. He's a proper lower league centre forward who's started his career in EFL in the EFL really, really well. Yeah, I think we saw against Wrexham that when a side's going to be open against Swindon, then Swindon are going to create a lot of chances and score a lot of goals. But you know, at the other end, Swindon have been pretty open too. And you just look at statistically speaking, Macaulay Langstaff seems to get a lot of chances. Uh, I think he, he leads the league in terms of. Uh, the amount of XG the players had, and he is starting to score goals as well. So, you know, I, I don't see that the Swindon team as being uh, impervious enough to to really keep him out, out for too long. Yeah. Okay. Well, I look forward to the next episode of The Presser, which should be the 600th episode of The Loaves Strangers. Something to look forward to, but not as much, Joe, as I look forward to the 25 questions about Jake Young's unavailability for Bradford, especially after scoring a match-winning brace at Notts County. Yeah, I'll, I'll write those ones down in pen on my list of questions just so we can, we can you know, I don't even have to bother after the game. <laughs> Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds! Come on, Swindon! Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.